We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. The Your Health is Lit podcast is an educational platform presenting evidence-based medical information. The content on the show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare professional with any questions that you may have regarding your medical condition. Remember, your health is lit. Hey, hey guys, what's up? It's your girl, Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP, here for another installment of the Your Health is Lit podcast. We are continuing our dive into Minority Health Awareness Month. And so today we're going to be talking about stroke. Um, So stroke is, and strokes are, one of the leading causes of death um, in our country. Um, It kills about 140,000 Americans every year. So about one in 20 deaths um, are caused because of a stroke. Um, Some people in, someone in the United States has a stroke every 40 seconds. um, And about every four minutes, somebody dies from a stroke. So it's estimated almost 800,000 people a year have a stroke. And then, a lot of those strokes, so about 185,000 of them, are uh, people who've had a stroke before and are having another. Um, so there's a couple different types of strokes, but the one that we worry about the most um, and the one that happens most often, about 87% of them, is the ischemic stroke. So the ischemic stroke Um, basically ischemia means that there's no blood flow or oxygen getting to a blood vessel, right? So what happens is, let's say you have um, plaque or fat in an artery, right? All it takes is for it to get all the way constricted to where there's no um, blood flow um, able to get to that that piece of the organ, whether um, in your brain, and then you have a stroke. Um, Another way that this can happen is through clots. So let's say that you have a clot in your leg. We worry a lot about um, DVTs or um, deep vein thrombosis. And the issue with that becomes if you have a, um, let's say you have a blood vessel, right? And there is a clot sticking to the inside of your blood vessel. And it's been hanging out there. Blood can flow there, and that's okay. But if you do something, let's say you decide to go running and you dislodge that clot, and it's it's flowing through your bloodstream, lands in your brain, clogs off another artery, that can cause a big a big bad stroke. So that's why we worry a lot about um, deep vein thrombosis. Stroke cost in the United States costs about thirty four billion with a B billion dollars a year. Um, and this includes between like healthcare services, medications, and missed days of work. Um, it is the leading cause of long-term disability and reduces the mobility in more than half of the stroke survivors um, ages 65 and over. So stroke is the fifth leading cause of all Americans. And um, so everybody, stroke is the fifth leading cause of death. Um, however, 
the risk of having a first stroke is nearly twice as high in African-Americans. Um, and we have the highest death rate due to strokes. Um, so those stroke deaths have declined. Um, Hispanics, actually, we've been seeing a rise in their deaths from, um, from stroke since 2013. And so there's a lot of risk factors. And a lot of the risk factors are a lot of things that we've that we've already talked about, right? So high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, smoking, and diabetes um, are the leading causes of stroke. All of these things, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, obesity, and diabetes all tear up your, um, your blood vessels. And that's what happens. Your blood vessels have an important job to transport blood to your organs. And so if you're not nice to them and they stop working or if they get clogged off, almost like um, a pipe, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're thinking about plumbing, right? If there's a clog in the pipe and there's this whole interconnected system, it can cause a big problem. And so that's usually what happens. Um, there are so many different ways that you can um, prevent stroke. The biggest thing is avoiding what we call metabolic X syndrome. Metabolic X syndrome is if you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, those three things combined, um, and obesity, we call those metabolic X syndrome. Um, so it is, you know, very important that we discuss um, decreasing our risk for strokes. So we're going to kind of break this up a little bit. We're going to talk first to the men about their diabetes risk. So African-American men are at greater risk than any other group of men in the United States um, for having a stroke. So compared to white men, um, they are twice as likely to have a stroke, have strokes younger, and to die from the stroke um, or be severely disabled. So although these facts sound um, alarming, the good news is that up to 80% of strokes can be prevented. And so um, we need to really work to reduce those risks. So let's talk a little bit more in depth about what <clears throat> a stroke is. So a stroke is sometimes called a brain attack. Or you'll hear um, in the hospital, we call it a CVA, so a cerebral vascular accident. Um, and it occurs when blood flow to an area of the brain is cut off. And the blood cells basically are starved and they die. And that's what causes the stroke. So again, that blocking of where no blood can get in and get out, that part of your brain basically starves to death and then you have a stroke. Um, the biggest thing is time. So we want to know why are African-American men at a higher risk? So two out of five African-American men have high blood pressure, which is a main risk factor for stroke. Um, high blood pressure often starts at a younger age and is more severe in African-American men than it is in white men. Um, African-American men with high blood pressure are less likely to have it under control. And so we talk about, you know, how do we reach these men? I did a story or posted an article in our Facebook group um, and have talked on the podcast before about one of the best things I think I've ever done in my entire career. And I was still a student nurse was when I worked with Dr. Um, Sheila Grigsby in St. Louis. She was my community health educator and kind of gave me my passion for um, 
reaching out to our community is we went to barbershops in predominantly black areas and we did blood pressure screenings. So you can come get your haircut. We did blood pressure screenings. We had information about smoking cessation. We just kind of set up shop in the barbershop because we knew that that's where we can find, like, you will not go to the doctor, but you'll go get your haircut because your line ain't got to be fresh. Okay, we'll find you there too. <laughs> um, so making sure that you're doing those checks. And I always really try to stress preventative medicine versus restorative, right? So people are like, why do I go to the doctors every year if I feel fine? Or I haven't, I've had people tell me in clinic, like, I haven't brought my daughter to the doctor because she hasn't been sick. That's great. I want to keep it that way. So come see me so we can talk about any, you know, any little thing. Let's do labs and make sure that we're keeping track of her A1Cs, keeping track of her high cholesterol. I've had kids where, you know, I pick, I have a, um, when they kind of cross over into being a teenager, I um, draw hemoglobin A1C and a lipid panel to screen for heart disease and diabetes. And I've had some kids where I'm like, hey, your cholesterol is way too high for you to be this young. And so it's something that we can then begin to monitor instead of waiting until, you know, now they're in their 20s and they go see the doctor because they just don't know why they don't feel good. And they've had long-standing high cholesterol. So it's preventative versus restorative. We want to catch things early and be able to help you versus waiting until, oh, now you have high blood pressure. What do we do? Um, so make sure you're going for your preventative screenings because it's really important. Um, people with diabetes are at a higher risk of stroke. One out of every seven African-American men has been diagnosed with diabetes um, and there are a lot that don't know. And again, it's because a lot of times African-American men um, don't go to the hospital, don't go to the doctor. Um, and we have to kind of curve that. Sickle cell um, is the most common genetic disorder in African-Americans, which can lead to stroke, right? So we talked about this. So what happens is your cells are circles, um, but when you have sickle cell, they look like a sickle. So basically like a crescent moon shape. Those blood cells are a lot harder to get through the blood vessels. They're, they're pointy and sharp, right? So they're you know, kind of tearing up um, the inside of vessels. They're very sticky. And so then they stick and then clots are formed. And so that can lead to um, sickle cell crises, which leads to a lot of that pain, but also stroke. Um, smoking doubles your risk for stroke. One in about, uh, about one in five African-American men smoke cigarettes. Um, being overweight, 70% of our African-American men are overweight and eating too much salt um, can raise your blood pressure, putting you at higher risk for stroke. Um, researchers think that there may be a gene that makes us more sensitive to the effects of salt, um, which then in, like increases our blood our uh, blood pressure. So, if you are looking for um, a way to monitor it, we are to limit our sodium intake to fifteen hundred milligrams a day. And um, there's some really cool apps that you can use to keep track of what you put in your mouth. Um, My Fitness Pal is my favorite because you can kind of set your own limits. You can put in 1500 milligrams per day of salt and it will tell you like, hey, you're over, you're exceeding your salt intake for, um, for the day. So ladies, 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 we too have the same, the same, uh, the same issues. And so 
um, we are more likely than any other group of women in the United States um, to have a stroke, twice as more likely to have a stroke um, than our white counterparts. And we are also um, having strokes younger and our strokes are more severe. Um, and the way that we can prevent it are the same. So we also have high blood pressure. We um, start off younger than and more severe than our African American or um, our white counterparts. So, you know, I told you guys, like, I have high blood pressure and I don't, nobody really kind of got to the bottom of it. It's some like weird thing with my kidneys. But I was like 17 and I was fit. I was dancing in high school and my blood pressures were insane. Now they are very much so controlled and thank God. But 200s over 160s and I was 17 years old and fit um that is dangerous <laughs> so we start younger so you know that's why I make it a point to make sure that I do these preventative screenings um and I don't mess around with with kids and their blood pressures I've had 17 18 year old kids um even as early as I had a girl who was really super young um, and like, I'm like, hey, you have diabetes. <laughs> like we have to leave, something's going on with you. So it's happening even in our kids. Um, again, the salt intake, sickle cell anemia, obesity and diabetes put us all at risk for um, stroke. And so we have the power to prevent stroke. And that, that's what's great. Up to 80% of strokes can be prevented. Um, so we always talk about the ABCs of heart health, and I would say the ABCDs. Um, so almost half of um, African Americans um, have a risk factor that can lead to strokes. So I have high blood pressure. I have a risk factor. Even though my blood pressure is controlled, I still have it. And so therefore I have a risk factor for stroke. Um, most strokes can be prevented. And so we talked about the ABCDs. So the first one is, um, aspirin. And I know that we talked about a couple weeks ago about how if you don't have any risk factors, then, um, it's not, proving in the research that taking one baby aspirin a day is beneficial for you. So as I always say, you know, our show is for educational purposes. Make sure you talk to your doctor about this. If you have any of those risk factors, then your doctor may recommend you taking a baby aspirin a day. Um, so aspirin, that's one of those things you want to check with your doctor. Make sure that, um, you're making the right decision for you and for your health because every patient, I always tell people we're not baking cookies. Like every patient is individual. My threshold for my blood pressure may be tolerated more than someone else. So if my blood pressure is out of, you know, for a while when I was running 200s and all that, um, I was feeling really, really sick. Now my blood pressures are like in the one teens to the point where my doctor is always very impressed. Um, and I can tell, like now, I've now that I've had this good control. If my blood pressure is like 130, I'm like, hold on, what is going on here? Because that is not how I roll. Okay, one team to bust. Um, so make sure you're controlling your blood pressure. Manage your cholesterol. Did you guys know that um, shrimp and seafood were like high in cholesterol? 
I found that out at my annual screening. My cholesterol is not bad, but it was higher than what it usually is. And I was like, I eat a lot of shrimp, shrimp in particular. So everything in moderation. <laughs> I even learned it myself. I was like, but I love it. I love shrimp. Um, and then smoking. Quit smoking or don't start. Um, you want to make sure that you're doing like 30 minutes a day of heart healthy exercise. I always tell people like turn some music on. Okay. Beyonce just dropped this amazing homecoming Netflix and chill, but there was no chill when I watched it yesterday. <laughs> um, get up, dance, do 30 minutes of exercise. You know, some people talk about different, you know, um, confinements that they may have. There are things that you can do at home. Find 30 minutes a day for yourself. People, you know, I'm too busy. You're going to be really unbusy if you die of a stroke. So take the 30 minutes to take care of yourself. Um, talk to your doctor and ask them and educate yourself about what your chances are of having a stroke. Um, talk about your age, whether, you know, someone in your family has had a stroke. I've had family members that have had strokes and it, it is hard. It's devastating. Your life changes. Um, a lot. My husband, his father um, had brain cancer and had several strokes. And so it just is one of those things that have really affected our family. And so we have to do everything that we can um, to control our risks. So the biggest thing that I want you guys to take away from this is what to do if a stroke happens. Um, Time is of the essence when you are talking about your brain and not having enough oxygen. That's why I don't think those Orlando slingshot videos are as funny as everybody else thinks they are. Because when your brain is deprived of oxygen, you are killing brain cells. So unlike, you know, um, other cells that we have in our body, they are able to regenerate a lot of times when you talk about um, cell death in the brain your brain cells do not regenerate. And so time is of the essence. And the way that you know about this is you know to act fast. F-A-S-T is what I want you guys to take away from this. So strokes can happen suddenly um, and should be treated as medical emergencies. They are. You have to act fast. So the F is for face. Is the person um, able to smile? If you ask someone to smile and half of their face is drooping or they have paralysis on one side of their face, that is a sign of um, a stroke. Ask the person to raise both of their arms. So the A is for arms. If you ask the person to raise both of their arms and one of them drifts downward, then we know, again, there's some muscle weakness. That is a sign of stroke. Um, S is speech. Ask the person to repeat a, um, a simple phrase. If they are unable to do so, if their speech sounds slurred or if they sound strange, then we know that it's time, right? And you need to call 911 um, right away. This isn't something like, oh, get in the car and let's go. No, call EMS. Um, calling the EMS is critical because they can take you to the hospital to treat stroke. Um, and a lot of times they have what they need. You know, they can start, you know, oxygenating you. Um, if they're concerned about clot, there's, you know, there's certain time windows that we have and time frames that we have to, um, you know, 
prevent to pre, um, to introduce like clot busters and things like that at the hospital. And so I don't I don't want to encourage you to overuse 911, right? But if you ever are like this is a a a train of thought that I used in the NICU or when I work yeah, in the NICU. If I'm thinking about maybe calling a code, just call the code. If you're like, I might, I sh maybe I should call my, just call my. If you have to seriously debate, like, should I call my one or not? You probably are better off calling them than not. You're probably better off calling the code than not. I would rather everybody think that I was a nervous Nelly than to be like, no, I'm not going to do it. And it costs somebody their life. So really take that into consideration. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your body and everyone else. Um, educate your families. If you haven't, I really encourage everybody to take a day, take a friend and go, um, get CPR certified through the American Heart Association. The Red Cross is okay, but the standard and the things that we use, and by we, I mean healthcare providers, is are the standards through the American Heart Association. Go and take a class to become CPR certified. We have way too many risks, um, and there are way too many risk factors in our community, and there are not enough of us that know and understand what to look for and how to respond. What would you do if you were at home and your loved one had a heart attack or you found them unresponsive? The, the time is of the essence. So your challenge is to find a, find a local CPR class. Um, a lot of community colleges have them. Um, a lot of hospitals have them. Um, ones that are um, certified by the American Heart Association and encourage your family, encourage your friends to go with you, take the class because your knowledge can literally save somebody's life. Um, it's not, it's not worth not knowing, right? Go, you get recertified every two years. My husband um, went and got his CPR certification and learned so much. If something ever happens to me, God forbid, like he's gonna like, Everybody's uh, his answer. I was like, Nia sworn. <laughs> no, but seriously, if something ever happened and I was not around, or it, you know, it happened to me, I need him to know what to do. And so it is important um, that you go and you educate yourself and you get the skills that you need. You're not going to be able to, you know, nobody's expecting you to be a nurse or a nurse practitioner or a doctor, but something, anything that you can do and do effectively, um, it, time is of the essence and it can save somebody's life. So on that note, that is another episode of the Your Health is Lit podcast. I know it was short and brief. We didn't do any health new, or lit news, but I wanted to hop on, get this information in because I just feel like stroke is one of those things that you, you know, it impacts a lot of people, but I don't think we talk about it a lot. Um, and it really, really has hit very close to home for me. And so I just want everybody to know that, hey, these things are happening. These things are happening to, you know, our loved ones. Um, one of my aunties who I love so dearly, 
um, has had, you know, has had a stroke and it, it's just, it, it changes your life, man. And so just trying to change your lifestyle and change your habits and, you know, overcome different things, it is, it's hard. And so I want to educate you guys, take the steps before it happens, take care of yourself. You know, it is worth not eating your favorite foods or, you know, having to try new foods if it's going to save your life. You're not going to enjoy anything if you're not here, right? So everything in moderation. I'm going to lay off the shrimp. It's been hard. It's a struggle, but I'm like, I can't keep eating that because my cholesterol, I cannot, I already have high blood pressure. I will not have metabolic X syndrome. So my cholesterol has to stay intact. I do my 30 minutes of exercise a day and we can only have shrimp every now and then, but it's so delicious, yeah. Tragic. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good week and we will see you next week. Have you not joined our Facebook group yet? What are you waiting for? We need to see you in the place to be. And if you love our podcast and you want it earlier than Fridays, then you definitely need to join the group because we are now going live in the group and recording our podcasts earlier in the week exclusively for our group members. So if you're interested, you want to go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash your health is lit because it's definitely somewhere you want to be.